This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart, and as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback, and I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cami here. Today's episode is a chat with Jean Kyung Fraser, who wrote Pizza Girl, the October Cami's Book Club selection. Dang, I love this book so much. And if you want to read Pizza Girl, and you really should, head on over to bookshop.org slash shop says Cammy's Book Club and get yourself a copy. Oh, please. Heavens to Betsy and enjoy the show. First of all, I always have guests introduce themselves. Would you introduce yourself? I introduce myself. Uh, gosh, okay. Hi, um, everybody listening. I'm Jean Kyung Frazier, and I'm a writer. Uh, yeah. Is that all I say? <laughs> you did a great job. Also, you're very okay, patient cool. because I just had every possible um, technology snafu, <laughs> and I can't believe we even got through it. Congrats hey. to us. All good. You know, I, I, you looked like a really cool mad scientist as you were trying to figure it out. So it was enjoyable for me to watch as well. It was really, I don't know what, for some reason, anyway, this yeah. is all, this is all, this is the boring stuff, but you know what isn't boring? Mm. This that I have right here, which is your book that is called Pizza Girl. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. Somebody, you know, I, I just got, so I like put out a call to publishers when I was going to do this like spotlight on queer books, that's yeah. Cami's book club. And for anybody that's listening, um, you can go to bookshop.org and there's, I have my own little store on there that's <laughs> called Cami's book club. And it's all the different books that I've recommended so far. And then I've interviewed those authors for query. And then you'll also be, you're sending in a video that's going to be up on my Instagram with some questions. Right on. And it's just so exciting to be able to, um, well, first of all, have people send me stuff because to just say yeah. to publishers like, hey, can you like I'm an avenue for this because otherwise mm-hmm. it is hard to find yeah. the queer books that I want to read and then mm-hmm. to be able to then pass along those recommendations. And anyway, yeah, your book is just something that came in the mail. <laughs> Isn't it so cool that we're now at a moment where you can ask publishers, send me your queer books and you get like a bunch yeah, you know, I got a bunch. That rocks. Yeah. yeah, it's super rocks. Absolutely. And I will say, like, you're, it's, there's a beautiful cover. Like, it's very mm-hmm. appealing. I really like the title. So I was excited to oh, read it. You. But then I just think it's like super, I, think, I thought it was stunning. I thought it's like such an oh, amazing book. I loved it. Um, no, that means the world, really. I, that That is something that, that is always lovely to hear. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm trying to even recall because... Because I read it when I first got it, but it might not, it might have been out of sync with mm-hmm. when is the public, what, is, what was the publication date on this book? Crazy enough, June 9th, 2020, so over a year ago, which yeah. is insane to say. So it's been out in the world for a minute now and you've, you know, yeah. like lived through that process. And how has <laughs> it felt so far having, having this book out in the world? I don't know about you. Sometimes it takes me a minute to be able to like look back and really even like 
understand how I was feeling in the moment. It's still even a year out feels so close to me. And like, honestly, this is the first time I've talked about the book and I guess like quote unquote professional setting in a while. And wow. yeah, I, I think it's, I'm gosh, you're, you're a comedian. You, you, you perform as well. It's like, I think there's something weird about saying something over and over, even if it's the truth, it can feel like a lie. I don't know. I, it, I, I think I'm still getting used to just being a writer and uh, being a writer out in the world. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think for me, you know, I always knew that being in the world was going to be a part of my job. <laughs> they, they were, they, I, I was, as I was prepping to do the job, I was also prepping to be out in the world. But I know that that can yeah. be different for writers because yeah. you had to work on this skill sort of by yourself and then, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it like I, I'm world. happiest when I'm alone in my dark little room sitting at a desk for like five hours. That's that's my version of, of you know. My happy place. <laughs> well, can you talk to me a little bit about, like, give me a quick summary of the book. Mm, sure. Tell me about some of the characters. We, can we start there? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's called Pizza Girl, and it's about a pregnant pizza delivery driver that falls into obsession with this older woman that she delivers to. And I think the fun thing, like, I guess what I really wanted to do with the book is, like, just sort of genre straddle. I think that's the coolest and sexiest thing you can do with writing these days because there has been so much great content, content and particularly queer content that comes out. Now we have the fun question of, okay, how do we, how do we update? How do we twist? How do we turn? How do we make something unique? You know, by while like, while like honoring the people that have come before us too, you know? Yeah. What, what genres do you think this lives in? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think surface it's, it's a coming of age story, but, it's also an addiction story, a pregnancy story, um, a thriller a little bit, an obsession. Like you can even say it's like suburban, uh, suburban horror in some ways. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. If you're looking yeah. at it for a certain lens and like at the end, I think, especially when the pace kind of picks up. Wow. And how did you know, or how did you, how did this, how was this where you landed in terms of I mean, it's such a, it's such a, like, maybe I'm way off with this, but it just feels very personal. Like it feels mm. really lived. So I'm just curious right. if it is at all, um, if right. there are any parts <laughs> of this that are personal or mm -hmm. lived. Well, um, gosh, I mean, I have never been pregnant and uh, I'm obsessed with a woman uh, twice my age, um, but there's still time, you know? Uh, there is still time. <laughs> there's still time. No, I mean, like, I think I was writing the book when, God, it's so weird to say. I guess I had the idea when I was like 23 years old and I had delivered pizzas when I was 19. And then I was still coming into my own as a writer and, and getting used to like, I think, writing about my sexuality. In general, I'm just like a really private person. And I think for a long time, I really like resisted the idea of being like, like writing a book and have it being a queer book. But now I'm like, all I want to do is write queer books. But at the time, you know, at the time I, I was really trying to decide how I wanted to get that down on the page and how I, I could grapple with that part of myself. And so in addition to the queerness, I was I was obsessed with a lot of addiction narratives and how, how I loved them and also how I felt they got a lot of stuff wrong. And I don't know, I don't feel like I'm being too articulate. It really just was like sort of like a mashup of everything in my life that I found interesting and important. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the addiction stuff, I think, is mm -hmm. very well done. And, and I'm curious. Yeah. You know, when you said that you didn't feel like you've seen 
this done well else? What, what was, what's the difference in what you were trying to do or, or what you didn't see? Yeah, I guess not, not, not done well. Well, in general, there's just a lot less like female alcohol, alcoholic stories out there. It's been traditionally a very male space, at least in the literary world. Um, but I also think that like, as I'm so glad AA and a lot of those programs have worked for a lot of people, but like, it is really difficult for some people to go through those programs and like change doesn't really happen overnight. It's something you're always kind of dealing with. And I really wanted to find a way to sort of exemplify that in this story. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, it also, I mean, I don't know for me, it's also like not super glamorous. Yeah. Um, the, you know, this, this woman is like drinking, like in a, in a sort of a secret, like, yeah. At home way, which I don't know if that's yeah, often think... how we talk about addiction. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. so that, that was interesting to me too, especially for, especially in a younger person. Yeah. Like know, the character um, being like 18 and, you know, I think what also I wanted to talk about is like, just that, you know, her dad was an alcoholic and you'd think like, you know, she had such a bad experience with that. How could she ever fall into the same patterns herself? It's just not that simple. You know, we have things inside of us that like, you know, we don't know how to fill and we don't even like, you know, people don't wake up generally, or at least I hope not thinking like, I can't wait to ruin someone's life today, but yet we find really unique and fucked up ways to do so. And so it was kind of like talking about that transformation too. Like, how do you become the thing you hate? Wow. And, and, um, you were talking about not necessarily wanting to write something that was a queer book, but. Can you talk me through that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for you, gosh, like, you know, I, I think I just, it's like, I mean, this is why it is important that both of us do what we do because, you know, for so long, I felt like shame about who I was and shame about my sexuality. And a lot of that had to do with like portrayals of stuff in popular media and feeling like really ugly by a lack of people on like screens or in books that I, that I felt like reflected my experience back. Um, <clears throat> Cause like, I have to believe if I, I had stuff like that when I was like in high school um, and even in, in like early college, I, I think I would have come out a little sooner. I think I would have been more comfortable talking about myself in that way. But at the same time, it, it was my journey and I'm, I'm glad I did it the way I did. But yeah, I came out. It sounds so funny to say like later, I suppose for a millennial, like in my like mid twenties, like 23, 24, I was, you know, having relationships with women, but really keeping it like super secret. And I, I, I didn't think for the longest time that that bothered me. It, it just seemed so separate from like, it didn't affect like who I was with a person or how I connected with people, but being open about it and being able to share it with friends, family, whatever, it, it, it just changed my whole life. I, I didn't even realize how much like tension I was carrying at my shoulders essentially yeah. until I started like just feeling like I had nothing to hide. You know, or like Pizza Girl right. wouldn't have been able to be, have written if I didn't move past, I think, that personal milestone. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, also, especially because, well, I, then I guess I have this question. So because you use the word obsession when you were describing right. the relationship here. And, and yeah, it isn't like, a, I think, how we usually would imagine a sort of like a rom com yeah. light. Um, right. You know, there's like some stalker 
stalking type behavior. There's some like, totally. um, there's some stuff that's like potentially legal or, or, yeah. or, or like it just like, it's not, it's not the, um, wrapped up version. And mm-hmm. also it, it felt very, it still felt very relatable and like, not yeah. like it didn't feel scary or like out of touch. And I, I'm curious also about that mm-hmm. decision, you know, versus yeah. like, it's like, it's, you know, some of the same stuff, but she delivers a pizza to somebody who's her age, who's right. available, who's right. like, who, and they have a meet cute and she's pregnant right. and then, but it doesn't matter. And then they like end up raising that child together. Like that's a right. version. I would read that. that version. Starts... I hope I would love okay. someone to write that version. They have my full <laughs> permission to do that version. That sounds delightful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, gosh, it's just that I think like, I think about all the time, just like how many things you can confuse for love or just how ah. we need certain people at certain points in our life. And for this like young 18 year old girl who like hasn't really begun to grapple with her sexuality and is in this position where she's grieving the loss of her dead alcoholic father, newly pregnant, struggling with alcoholism. This person seems like sort of like a life raft in some ways, or like, I think about all the time how sometimes like when you're in a, in a low place, having like lovely people around you can make you feel uglier somehow, you know, like their lightness oh, wow. makes you feel really dark. And so there was like wow. comfort in like seeing someone that is like, like equally out in the like rough water or, or like in rough waters, like you are, if that makes sense. There's also a racial dynamic yeah, to sure. that in this book. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you could talk about that for a moment because the the like object of her obsession there they because it's a, a white woman that yeah. becomes the object of um no of totally. obsession. I mean I'm wondering about that thought process and if you could talk about yeah that like bit. in general it's like you know I, I'm half Korean and half white um but my mom was really adamant growing up that or I don't even think she necessarily realized it but she just didn't try to teach me Korean didn't really have any interest in teaching me Korean. The only w- reason I have um, a Korean middle name, which is her name actually, is because my grandma was really insistent upon it um, and wanted that Korean tradition carried on. And funny enough, six years later, when my brother was born, his name's just Ryan. They like gave up at that point because we were just like little American monsters in some ways. But that's like what my mom wanted. You know, there was this like not conscious, but like a white obsession, kind of like that she like absorbed, you know, because like she immigrated here when she was pretty young at 17 and to Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, which is like where she was like the only. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like very predominantly white community. I think there was maybe one other Asian family, but like, if anything, like they didn't socialize with them. Well, one, because they were Japanese, not Korean, but two, because it felt like there can only be one kind of feeling in that mentality. It's really hard to untangle like the fucked upness of that, you know, or like separate yourself from like thinking that gets really embedded into you super young, you know? And so right. for this character, I mean, I'm talking about personal stuff and this ultimately isn't um, my story, but I did think it, I really wanted a subtle way to talk about, you know, how being Asian, being a model minority, you're, you're taught that you're close to whiteness, but you'll never quite be there. And so I, I you know, I, I still can't even entirely speak eloquently on it, but it felt like um, it's it's cool that you noticed that part of the story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, queerness as it intersects with mm-hmm. 
racial identity, perceived racial identity, and then also yeah. like separately ethnic identity. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that that stuff has gotten like just the bare bones of understanding um, as it relates to specifically like the black experience, like maybe yeah. as a community, we're starting to talk about that. Like, yeah, sort of, you know, I'm not so I'm much not, just me like, yeah, maybe, you know, um, yeah. but, but then anywhere, any, any beyond, beyond that, beyond, first of all, the implicit whiteness, like the implicit whiteness that not talking, we're not talking about that. And then we're right. sort of, I guess we've recently as a culture found out that like queer people are also black and black yeah. people are also queer, but not, right. but we haven't like gotten there, you know, in other ways. And I, um, right. Or that queer people can be racist, you know, like being queer doesn't like totally. racist of our own, like biases, yes. and our own <laughs> you know, like, gosh, it's right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, and then also the way we perceive gender as it is, yeah. as it is related to, I mean, colorism and all those things. There's just like yeah. so many layers that I think as a community, I know, I, um, so much to learn. And I, I just feel grateful that I, I like have books to read and so many people in my life that are like willing to like take time, teach me, you know, just have conversations. It's yeah. I feel really lucky. I think it's amazing that you pivoted to books to read as opposed to books to write. Cause that's like <laughs> very, it's very, very sweet. And, uh, yeah. Oh, and God. humble think, of you since I just mean, because I no. think this, I think this book was really important. That's something that really I struck appreciate me. That. Yeah. 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 I mean, what's, uh, gosh, I, at the end of the day, I think I will always feel myself more of a reader than a writer. And I feel wow. lucky that I can say that. Yeah, definitely. What, a, I, what a, an endearing and adorable thing to say. <laughs> that is very that. cute. That is a <laughs> cute <you>. personality. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess it's like, I didn't always know I wanted to be a writer and uh i i have always enjoyed reading it and i do think one is in like more important ah more important sounds wrong i just i i hmm, i don't know i just i feel like i'm gonna always do more reading in my life than writing so that's a good thing ultimately back for another game you know it what's going on just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Can I ask you a question really quick? Yeah. Do you go by Cammy? That was so funny. To- I don't know why I found that so sweet and so oh. interesting. Because you're very... <laughs> Cameron Esposito to me because at first I was like, "Who the hell is Cammy?" And I'm like, "Oh, Cammy is a nickname for Cameron." <laughs> um, you know, I really appreciate that question. Uh, I don't really go by Cammy, but it's sort of like a it's like a third person way that I speak about myself. 
in, wow, what it, I'm just realizing this now, in sort of a way that I think denotes a part of myself that's a little different than Cameron Esposito. Like, mm, that's cool. I used to do a live show here in LA and there was like a fan club <laughs> that, oh my God. Wow. that was called <laughs> like Cammy's Little Sweeties because what? I would, wow, I would call the audience <laughs> Little Sweeties. And anyway, um, they made their own shirts for a minute that existed. And I think like, but when I think about it, why, why the book club is named that as opposed to yeah. like Cameron's, right. I think, you know, I was a reader as a little kid mm-hmm. and oh, as a little yeah. kid, I did not go by Cammy. I, I only <laughs> went by Cameron, but right. even then you were like, me, absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I have like a familial nickname, but it's not Cammy. Um, are, are you going to tell us? The audience? I can tell you what my familial okay. nickname is. Never previously revealed. Wow. Um, you're really special. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a uh, copy. My, copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that like, where did that come from? My little sister couldn't say my name when she was, she's seven years younger than me. That's sweet. Um, and so she couldn't say my name mm-hmm. when she was a child. And, Love but that. it's the kind of thing where like, if, if you were to come over to my parents' house and meet my family, right. it would Can't immediately wait. be, be there strike. Next yeah, see you, yeah. See you very soon. Yeah. It would be immediately striking to you that nobody calls me anything but that. That's truly what my entire family calls me. That's um, great. Love that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but anyway. So Cammy, yeah, Cammy. So Cammy is, I think, is actually, I think, me paying homage hmm. to this little reading kid that I was, you know, because I loved to read as a kid and I was yeah. like so sensitive and nerdy. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's like a way of sort of lifting up that, that kid in a way. Yeah. Um, in general, like, I mean, What's also funny is I have a similar one. I don't go by Jeannie, but I have many friends that call me Jeannie or Jeannie Bear just because it's so as like, you're Jeannie very much Bear. Bear. Jeannie Bear, is, <laughs> that was like my height, terrible. But like, Aww. that is like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it is that sort of almost like, not even alter ego, but like people in the know call me that just because it's funny that I am such a gene that to call me anything else feels wrong, but that weirdly makes it right. I don't know. I, so more people call Absolutely. me Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> Totally. Also, yeah, go ahead. This has nothing to do with anything, but yeah. my my middle name is also my mom's oh, name. Amazing. And it is Young. Wow, look at us, Kyung and Young. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like we could double date one of these days. That's, you and your mom, like, me yeah. and my mom. <laughs> exactly. <Great>. Um, <laughs> no, but like I totally get the sort of like wanting to honor parts of yourself. Like, I mean, even like <laughs> Wow, what a smooth transition back to my book. I'm so good at talking about myself. You're but... destroying <laughs> right now. You're doing such a good job. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I actually am like, more nervous than I thought I'd be for this. Like, my tongue is quite dry. I'm having to, like, drink even though I'm not thirsty to keep it moist. Well, um, it's going well. Don't, great. Don't worry. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I love, like, the idea of paying, like, respect and love to, like, past versions of ourselves because I think it's, like, really easy to be, like, I fucking hated who I was at this time in my life. Or, oh, what a fucking dork or blah, blah, blah. And for sure, there's so much <laughs> parts of my like life, especially my early life, that make me like, ooh, like just wince, cringe the whole nine yards. But there's also a lot of that like high school me that I found like really lovely and that I could choose to remember sometimes. Like I think I sometimes I can be really closed off in a way that I don't think I was when I was like 15. You know, there was like, 
kind of like just this, it's like that sort of naive joy that comes before you've really been truly like fucked a few times. I don't mean like sexually, just like fucked over, you know? And yeah. like, I, I try to remember that there is something that that is a quality I can bring to my late twenties and into my, the rest of my life, frankly, I never want to forget what it felt like to be 16. Where were you when you were, when you were 15? Were you? I was in LA. Yeah. I, I was yeah. back and forth between um, Minnesota and LA, but most of my formative years were in the LA area. And when you're, where, where, when you were in LA, especially just because you were talking about your mom being in Champaign-Urbana and, and I just have like a, reference point for that because I'm from Illinois. Yeah, um, that's right. Very cool. And and smaller so, town too, right? Yeah, I'm from I'm from like 15 <laughs> miles outside of Chicago. So okay. like you can see the city, but it is huh. not the city. That's um, so fascinating. I want more movies like like quick sidetrack like that where you'll never actually into the city but you just see the skyline the entire time. I think it's fascinating. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I'm actually yeah. I just when you were saying suburban horror, yeah. I am newly cuz I think for a while you know, in my 20s, especially, and then, like, for some of my 30s, I think I felt, because I, I, like, moved to the city, you know, um, like, starting when I was, I don't know, 21 or whatever, 20, when I was living off campus during college and, like, never, and then I felt a lot of shame about being from the suburbs because right. it was, like, so the opposite of where I wanted to be. It had been a very tough place for me to grow up right. at that time. You know, it was like so yeah. uniform mm-hmm. and everybody wanted it's me to be a certain different thing. A place like that. Super like that, tough know? being different. And I felt oh. a lot of like shame and anger to be from there. And and only, and was like, I like, my identity is like urban <laughs> person, you know? Yeah. So when people would ask me where I'm from, you know, I would be like Chicago, which is also the easiest thing yeah. to say, but <laughs> it's been interesting. Um, like just being a little older and getting over some of that. Like it just is where it I'm takes from. a long like, it just time is. to get over that shit. Yes. I'm telling yeah. you, God, I mean, why it's like, I'm telling you, if you talk to anyone more than like 15, 20 minutes at a party, you're going to hear a story of like ages zero to 18. Like right. we carry these scars. Like one <laughs> thing true. I find, it's so true. Like, Something I find so fascinating is like a, a, a memory that a, a lot of people's first memory is a pain memory or it's associated with like, like one of my earliest memories, I was four and I was on one of those little like, like sort of like toddler bikes and I like ate shit. And I remember laying on my back and I can still see like my bloody knee from that and being like, ah, wow. in my roommate, uh, my old roommate, she, one of her first memories is having like her eardrum burst at doctor's office or all this stuff. I find it very, very fascinating how the mind works in that way. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you have an early pain memory or anything like that? Testing my theory. Yeah, my first memory is, so like when I was two, mm-hmm. my eyes got messed up. I have a weak, I have a, <laughs> Shit. I have a lazy eye and I've had a bunch of surgeries on it and I had to wear an eye oh, patch damn. and everything. But when I was a two yeah. is when it like emerged right. um, overnight. And so Jesus. I had to have like emergency surgery and i remember the outfit that i was wearing wow when i was going to the hospital to have surgery that's crazy what was the outfit i was wearing like a night dress like a night shirt you know 
that the had, things you can wear when you're a baby. It's just cute. Yeah. If I wore a nightshirt <laughs> now. <laughs> totally. I was Sorry. wearing a nightshirt that had a purple collar and it was white. Ooh. And then it had like a giraffe on it. And I just know that that's what I was wearing when I went to the hospital. I do think that it, yeah, very impactful. Because also everybody was freaking out. It was like a real yeah. medical emergency at such a young age. It was very like yeah. indelible. That's the first thing I remember. From totally. my life is oh, holding somebody's hand and walking. Gosh, how interesting! The hospital. Jeez, that would be an interesting story collection. Just asking a lot of people their first pain memory. Wow, gaining material wow. from this podcast. How yeah, <laughs> good. Please write it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. how I don't, I don't totally know. Like how when this book was released, mm-hmm. um, and especially because of the timing, um, yeah. pandemic wise. You know, did yeah. you get a chance to get? a ton of feedback about it or to do any events or like, mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, June, 2020, that's time. a different Gosh. time than now. Yeah. Oof. What was, was that like? Such emotionally devastating time. I mean, like during the pandemic, George Floyd got murdered a couple of weeks before my book came out. And it was just like, oh, really right. like hard to be like excited about anything, you know? And it's like, there are things more important than books. I, that was like not a problem for me to like, not do as many advance and to like just do like delay them right. a little bit allow for like a national grieving um right but i still like i feel really lucky still I, I genuinely mean that like i still got such great feedback on the book friends reading it family reading it strangers reading it it is mm-hmm. true that she like realized like you know through this process that like of course you want everyone to read your book but there will be readers that matter more to you and so whether it was people that were queer that were reaching out to me or, a- or Asian. Oh. Funny enough, the one that was like surprisingly like one of the best was other service workers. Like having people like be like, yeah, oh. I had a job like that. And you really like captured some of what I was feeling, you know, and that, that rocked. That was so cool. Wow. Yeah. What Was it the like intimacy with the, what, what was it that people were responding to who, who do those right. kinds of jobs? They said that was like, kind of like the way you feel so, like nameless, faceless. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a reason I didn't name the character and like have her reveal her name until like, after, like maybe like the last five pages. Um, but yeah, and just sort of like, I think there's this one section that was sent to me a few times just about like the feeling of like when you get off a late night shift and everything feels like so, like just too beautiful to bear. I don't know. It's like your body is yeah. just this, like kind of tired where you feel like all your defenses are down and like, I don't know. It's just, it's easy to feel tender in amidst that like sort of tiredness. Mm. Oh, I mean, another, I a lot. yeah, another thing that was, you know, really interesting to me, I guess, is mm-hmm. the, cause the way, well, I don't want to reveal too much, but <laughs> anyway, the pizza girl is able to make a certain pizza order that, mm. <laughs> that the object of her, offend, of her right. affection like needs made. Right. Um, and There is something, you know, I have, I've never actually worked in the service industry. I always had, yeah, yeah, like I was like a lifeguard or like a nanny, you know, I've had jobs where I like worked for um, people in their homes, being a nanny is a totally fast job too. Yeah. Totally sure job. Very weird. Um, And then... 
I feel like I've done literally every other type of job, <laughs> like every type right. of job, including yeah. being a talking vending machine for a period of time. We don't know. We don't <laughs> know. <what's> good. <laughs> we need a whole episode about that. That yeah. is a future a episode. episode. <laughs> that. I just worked every type of job, but I never right. worked like um, in the tr- traditional service industry. Because I also right. think of like stand-up comedy is also kind of the service industry, but like no, it's you travel. Great, yeah. You know, but anyway, so I've never worked where like you're in a static place and then the client comes to you and you have regulars that, you know, totally. and that was something that I was thinking a lot about was the sort of like weird intimacy that happens when people know what you want from the business that they work at. Yeah. And and how like odd that is. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's funny. I was like, I was about someone. No, yeah, totally. I was, no, I was going to say, I've been a bartender more than I've been a pizza delivery girl. That was just one summer of my life, but I was a bartender for years. And I was, while I was writing this book and it was the perfect job to have, because it was reminding me like all the themes I was talking about in my book, I was being reminded of like every day at work, like the big one being like how easy it is to be like delightful for like 30 second stretches, two minute stretches, five minute stretches. Wow. So that it's like enough, like, like that we need those relationships to a degree. Like customers like to like, be liked by their local bartender a local bartender likes to feel popular and that like they are kind of like right. honestly like that, that's the closest i've come to stand up is like standing behind a bar and like kind of running it and doing the chit chat and i don't know but at the end of the day they don't know me i don't know them even though you like to think that you do right yeah yeah, yeah. that's wild <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, there's a story I've told a couple of times that is that like, there was this couple I always really liked that came in. It's kind of one of the basis of the couples in the book, but like there was this couple that came in all the time where I thought they were so hot and so charming. And I was like, oh, being married rocks, got to be married. And then one day I was like underneath the um, sink, like cleaning so they didn't see me. And the woman said to the guy, she was like, where does your wife think you are right now? And I was like, damn. Just like stuff like that of like, whew. Oh, rough, rough. But I I was so sad. But then I'm like, why am I sad? I don't know these people. And that's their business. And who knows what the situation is? Like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. People are complicated. (laughs) Understatement of the year. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And because I have people, because I have media that is important to me, you know, I know that when people are responding to, me at a show like that it's important right. and everything like i take it seriously mm-hmm. but then it is also it's just a sort of a different extension of what you're talking about when yeah. um like if folks just i always especially after a show if folks just heard me talk for an hour and they already <laughs> were familiar with me before that but then they just heard me talk for another hour and then yeah like they have something to say because oftentimes mm-hmm. people have something to say and it's um it makes sense to me why they would, because it's just yeah. been like a, because I think people, I think some, I think folks want to normalize what's going on, but it's right. just like a totally abnormal yeah. situation. Like folks yeah, feel like I they're mean, supposed to say something to me. It's <laughs> like the right thing. Right. Or even it's, it's I sort of that like, well, what the buzzword right now, right. Is that parasocial relationships. So it's like, ah. you know, thinking that they like through your work, they know something about you or that they're like connected to you. And sometimes that can totally be true, but like, it's the same way where I'm sure, I mean, especially with my work where the book is like, like the character is like half Korean, queer, grew up in LA, 
it feels like people are like, I know something about Jean. I read her story and it's like, mm, not quite. This is a character, you know? Totally. Yeah, I don't know. But of course it is always moving though to have people be like, I related so much to the character, right? So that doesn't mean nothing either. Very complicated. Yeah, yeah. You know? well, yeah, also because, I mean, I think a lot of art is trying to tell people who you right. are. So yeah, like somebody doesn't gets mean, it. Yeah, yeah. Or sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, but like personal is not the same as autobiographical, but like it is deeply uh-huh. felt, you know, wow. where it's like, yeah, I've never, like I said, never been pregnant and uh, obsessed with an older woman, but I've, <laughs> I've had my, my losses, my pain, my, my destructive periods. Uh, yeah. There, there, of course, there's so much about the book that I, I feel is important and I'm, I'm still really proud of it. I feel, I feel lucky that I can say that, you know, it's not a guarantee when you put work out that you're going to like it. Right. After the fact. You know, another thing I'm thinking about now mm-hmm. that you're saying this, I don't even know if, like, I don't even know if I was processing this as I was reading, yeah. but there oh, is so something about... Reading rocks. Anyway, continue. It's fun <laughs> that you can have thoughts later. Yeah, continue. Yeah. I'm a nerd. I, I'm a nerd. There, <laughs> you know, there is something about, because you said I've never been, obs- you've never been obsessed with an older woman. How yeah. terribly sad <laughs> for... <laughs> all of us um hey as i said there's still time there's i know still I know. time <laughs> but i'm thinking about also you know i and this is complicated in the exact dynamics in the book but i'm just thinking about for myself like I, when i was yeah. in my late 20s i, I dated mm-hmm. a woman who was like 40 and mm-hmm. yeah I, I just remember like she had like a place that she lived that was like mm. decorated with like <laughs> as you can objects. see thankfully the podcast people can't see this but as you can see i'm still learning how to decorate as well yeah she <laughs> had i lived in i lived in sort of a similar vibe to what i'm seeing on your screen she <laughs> yeah, had perfect. things on her walls and right. like friends that she you know she had a whole life and right. i think that that's also something that like, especially as queer people, yeah. you know, it was a part of the attraction. And I, I mean, I, I also thought she was cool, but I just mean, I think right. a part of the attraction was like, just even seeing what a life could be like, like it was very helpful to me to see totally. what it would be like to be a 40 year old person. Cause <laughs> well, I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, and what do you have on your wall when you're, <laughs> when you're a woman? Like, in, cause I yeah. just didn't have, I didn't know what to um, expect for myself. So, yeah, I mean, that goes back to what I was talking about with like, I mean, you're right on that is definitely a theme of the book, just this kind of like, love, not being pure, like not just being because of like, right, what who a person is, but like what they are, to a degree, like, you know, for pizza, (gasps) truly, like what, like, you know, pizza girl, like, so much the appeal of, of Jenny is like, oh, my God, this person is like, at an age, I can't even imagine for myself, like in her, like, late 30s, early 40s, and she's like me. Or I think she like she believes that they're the same, you know, and that belief can propel you to some weird places, as you see in the book. This feeling of like this is like someone that like I, I feel to like a soul level that makes me really think that like oh yeah we are more than like blood and bone and like in packs of flesh. It's 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 powerful stuff when you're that age, especially. How the the this idea of you know, love not just being like pure love, which I think is awesome, 
where is that coming from? Like what, why is that a thought <laughs> that you even, what is that from? <laughs> what is that where, from? Yeah. Like how, like, how are you, where, why is that something that's on your mind? I don't know. I could be wrong. I think it's just that like, Oh, know, I don't like, think it's wrong. I'm just, I just think it sounds <laughs> like, where does, sounds how do like, I start thinking about that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think it's because, you know, and I'm still, of course, working through so many things, but like, there's this part of me that just doesn't feel like I have been able to, or will able to like have a quote unquote traditional life, which is like, you know, like getting married and having a couple kids and like doing the white picket thing. It sounds so appealing and I, I want to want it. I just never really have. And maybe that'll change. Maybe then maybe that won't, but it's like, I think I was just thinking a lot about how like, you know, like I did enter into a relationship once because I was freaking out about like my sort of lack. It felt like a forward momentum. And then someone came into my life where like they really represented like everything I thought I wanted, which was stability, um, responsibility, uh, quote unquote, what it means to be a grown up. And, you know, that relationship failed for a lot of reasons. And I don't have any like sadness about that relationship being over at this point, even though they're a lovely person, hope they're doing well. But I, um, yeah, I think it just opened my eyes to like it it not being as simple as like I like hanging out with you. I like being around you and um I don't know. I, I feel like I'm still working through my thoughts about a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've just loved people at different times in my life for different reasons, I feel like. Oh, sure, yes. Yeah. Sure, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, Gene, I think you sort of said this earlier and yeah. How 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 old are you? I'm twenty eight. I think I have a baby face a little bit, I admit. <laughs> no, I don't, that's not, I, it's more, I wasn't, that wasn't, I wasn't timestamping you any particular <laughs> direction. I was just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just asking the question. Um, you're 28 and you, you know, came into your understanding of self and full expression of that outward then just a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's been, I feel like, what a journey. I mean, like, at the beginning of grad school, which I guess was in, like, 2016, I remember someone at a bar that I was going to school with, I I was trying to be more open, and I was like, yeah, my girlfriend, and she's like, oh, I had no idea you were gay, and then I did the classic self-hating thing, where I was like, oh, thank you so much. Like, I was, like, honored in that moment to be considered straight, and then I just felt such shame about that, because I was like, man, I was like, I thought I worked through a lot of my issues, and I hadn't, and you know, I think I wouldn't answer that question the same today. Who knows? Like, I think it is sometimes like a lifelong battle to get over like that internalized homophobia that really wedges its way into you. Well, I also just say this thing about that. It's just been a few years for you in this new understanding, because I mean, it makes sense to me then that First of all, you might never want this white picket fence thing mm-hmm. that you described. You might never want right. that. But yeah. also, how literally, like, you might never, but yeah. also, how could you want it now? For me, exactly. that's at least how no, totally. I read it. Because it's like, yeah. to, you know, it's that thing of, like, being out of step with, um, like, biological and psychological developmental stages yeah. because of, because of, cultures pressures on us mm-hmm. you know how there are how i think that that and then by the way that can be for being queer it could also be like yeah. for being an artist it could be 
yeah, for totally. being, you know, uh, I circled so like many a, difficult boxes, like on my yeah, questionnaire, what? I was like, I want to be an totally. artist. I want to be queer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, for me, like, I think, although I like identify as gender fluid, I also, yeah. I also do identify as a woman, like I yeah. all also. And for me trying to understand what, what womanhood means when yeah. I'm not going to ever end up with a cis straight dude, like that was yeah. not going to be my path. So totally. given that like the culture that we live in wants to define womanhood like yeah. against that, then anyway, totally. so I just say all this to say, it's like, I think to even imagine where we might end up yeah. um, <laughs> is it's, it takes a lot of extra work. I, all the best shit in my life has been a surprise. Like I'm telling you, and that's what keeps me like excited. And and gen- I, I do think I'm an optimistic person at heart, just for that reason alone. Like, man, like a, a month before I sold my book, I remember I was like, it was Christmas Eve, and I was at like a weed dispensary in California buying my little brother weed, and I was at a job I hated, and I was like, just thinking to myself, I was like, oh my god, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I did finish my book, and things really changed for me. I don't know. It's it's all it's fucking cool. That's uh simplest way, how how else have things how else have things changed for you are you working on a next thing are you working are you what are you doing right now gosh Post well this i book coming out yeah i think the fun of like someone asked me the other day like who's like your idea like your model for like a dream career like who would you want your career to be like and i felt like really like genuinely like that i the answer was like no one i want to have my own career i want to do my own fun, weird shit, you know? So I've been working in a lot of different spaces. Like I, of course, want to write my second novel and it's going to be a queer stoner tragedy, I believe. But, you know, I've also been working in the TV space. I just finished up on this, right? The writers are for this really cool new A24 Netflix show called Beef. And I think it's going to be kick-ass. Yeah, it was like one of the like great writing experiences in my life in some ways, because the room was like predominantly Asian. And like the first day I had to turn off my Zoom camera and like cry for a sec, just because I was like, holy shit. I was like, I'm around such brilliant, smart Asian wow. people. I was like, I love this. Wow. Yeah. It was like a shorthand that was like, just, I've never experienced before. Very cool. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I haven't even heard, I don't even know what you're talking about. That show. Yeah. So but which I can tell I'm sure you. I will soon. Yeah, yeah please. It's called a uh, beef and um, it's with Stevie Yoon and Ali Wong, like two, very cool. Oh yeah, of course. I know. Line. Yeah, they're fantastic people. And um, yeah, it's basically about these two characters that get into a road rage incident and how that road rage incident like sort of like burrows into their minds and like awakes them to like all the anger they were feeling in their life and basically how this one incident sort of like blows up both of their existences as they know it. So, wow. Yeah. That sounds great. Totally. Yeah, we'll see. I, I hope everyone likes it. It's coming out sometime next year. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really, that's really exciting. And I'm so happy for you that, um, that you're getting all these, you know, opportunities to work in different areas and I can't wait to read the next (laughs) thing that you write. Yeah. Right on. And I, I can't wait to keep up with Candace's book club. Ah, I swear the books are amazing. (laughs) I can't believe who I've gotten to talk to. Well, before I send you back into your day, (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask you, Jean, to, um, shout out a queero, which is a person, place, or thing that made you feel that you could be who you are today. 
person, place, or thing. Like mm-hmm. it could be a book, for yeah. instance. Yeah, totally. I should get, well, one of my favorite books I ever read was Written on the Body by Jeanette Winterson. Fantastic. Have you read that one? You know what's weird is why have yeah. I never read that? I mean, I, I absolutely, it's, I'm, these are, sometimes we know we're making mistakes and we still make them. And <laughs> no, I, I, I hear you. I mean, I, I finally read that book and it is so damn cool. It's like, I think wow. it's so forward for its time too, because the, like, the gender of the narrator is like constantly, like you never know. You know, and it is a book so deeply and earnestly about love and like grief and I don't know, beautifully written. One of my favorite books. I think that really helped me feel just better about myself and more beautiful in my own skin. And I think sports, I I played basketball for years and I feel like being on basketball teams really gave me a sense of community and um, yeah, just helped me feel like I had family at at all, all points in my life at all the different places I've lived. So shout out to all the teams I've been on. <laughs> Whoa, nobody said that. Yeah, oh, really? Which is so oh. weird because we're gay. I've had some, like, I've had some like pro athletes on. So anyway, so I got to go back and ask them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But Gina, it's really, really nice to meet you and to talk yeah, with you. you. And I know that for anybody that loved what you had to say, clearly smart, charming <laughs> person, uh, you could also check out on my Instagram. Gina will be up on my Instagram talking a little bit more about pizza girl in depth and please i really oh, would yeah. recommend reading this book I, I like genuinely loved it and um and i think you will too so thank and but also may i just say as a sidebar yeah. my mom is one of the most dedicated members of cammy's <laughs> book club she has ordered wow. all of the books and i didn't know this but i saw them yes. recently on her bedside table when i was <laughs> home to visit for the first time in two That's years so and cute. so so I love that my mom when our moms meet, yes, in the future, my mom will have already <laughs> read your book. I'm sure. <laughs> I cannot wait. Her yeah. first mimosa on me. I'm picturing it as a brunch. <laughs> it is a brunch somehow. <laughs> you bet. Awesome. Right. Well, thanks, Gene. You're the best. Yeah. Thanks, Cameron.